0: Welcome to Episode 70 of Frank Reactions, the podcast where we help you profit from the digital era through better customer experiences online and off. My name is Tema Frank. Last week, I attended the Customer Experience Strategies Summit in Toronto. There were lots of really interesting talks there. And one of the people that I met after the conference was Kevin Krempeluk, who is the Vice President and General Manager responsible for Canada For a company called Genesis, which those of you in the customer experience space have probably heard of. Now, I I do struggle with how to handle vendors on this podcast, because I do not want the interviews to turn into sales pitches. On the other hand, sometimes it's really important for listeners to learn more about what some of the options are out there that can help you improve customer experience in your organization. So, I decided to invite Kevin on the show to talk about the evolution of technology for handling customer service calls and contacts as companies struggle to come to grips with our omnichannel era. We also talk a bit about what's coming in the next few years because it doesn't stop with uh, today's version of omnichannel. But before we get there, there are just a couple of things I want to mention. If you missed last week's episode about some interesting customer research done at ATB Financial, you can check it out and get a transcript of it at frankreactions.com forward slash 69. And of course, you can always make sure you don't miss an episode by subscribing to the Frank Reactions podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or whatever other podcast player you use. Or if you don't use a podcast app, and I know that a lot of people listening to this show actually listen on their computers. Just sign up for the Frank Ideas newsletter and I will keep you posted whenever a new episode comes out. And you can sign up for that by going to bit.ly forward slash Frank Ideas, all written as one word. Other than that, just a couple of uh, other upcoming event reminders. The Customer Experience Professionals Association is holding its Insight Exchange in Atlanta May 3rd and 4th. And I will be giving a little presentation there about customer experience turnarounds and some of the strategies that have worked to help companies do that. And also the eTail Canada conference in Toronto, May 16th, 17th. I will be giving a talk there as well on May 17th. And listeners of this show get a 25% discount if you register using code EC16FR. So EC as in Etel Canada, the number 16, and FR as in Frank Reactions, and all of those in capital letters. The only final thing I have to say before we jump into the interview is a little jargon alert. Again, most of you would know this term, but just in case you don't, IVR is interactive voice response technology, which is basically what most of us know of as the uh, voice trees from hell. So uh, there is a a mention of uh, IVR technology and how that's evolving. There are a couple of other jargony things that came up, but either I stopped Kevin and got him to clarify, or he did so on his own. So hopefully I've caught everything that you need. Chat with you briefly at the end of the interview.
1: Kevin Krupulik, uh, Vice President and General Manager for Genesis, responsible for the Canadian operations.
0: Now, I suspect that
1: many of the listeners are familiar with Genesis, mm-hmm.
0: but for those of you who aren't, can you give sort of a capsule overview of what your technology is and what it does and sort of who's the right target market, what size companies?
1: Yeah, Absolutely. So for Genesis, you know, our mission is delivering uh, a great customer experience for our customers. Mm-hmm. And more importantly, our customers' customers. Right. Right. So that is kind of a uh, overarching theme of what we do. And we do that through technology. So uh, we're working with a number of different verticals. It could be in the financial insurance industry. It could be government. It could be retail. It could be banking, um, where we just work with clients that... When their customers are wanting to have an engagement, any interaction, then leveraging technology to give them the best experience. Okay. Right? and we do that through a combination of of software and services, and it could be cloud-based, it could be premise-based, mm-hmm. but the the kind of the if you look at the evolution of what's happened. You know, it used to be all about call centers yep. and calls coming in. And that was the origin of your company. That's right. Yeah. Yep. So it's been around about 20 years. You know, the heart is the is routing of, of the calls when they come in, right? So calls coming through, you've got a bunch of agents that are ready to take the call. Let's get the right agent, routed to the right agent based yeah. on their skill set, availability, language, based on what caller's coming in, right? right. So that's really how it started. Yes. Yeah. And then, you know, we saw that through the 90s, and that's morphed now to to a contact center. You know, we start to see these different channels come in through digital channels, email, chat, SMS, and that kind of evolved to now a contact center versus a call center. Mm -hmm. To what we're seeing today, which is we're calling it the omni-channel experience. Right. Right. So when... Omni-channel um, experience. What that means is when um, an interaction happens, whether it is a call, whether it's a chat, whether it's through the branch, whether it is coming through through SMS, through mobile, that there's the same level of experience regardless of what interaction and channel it's on. So when it comes through, and the agent maybe now to be able to see all the history of what's happened and the journey of that customer, mm-hmm. right at the end of the result, it's a personalized experience. That's the ultimate goal.
0: I mean, it is obviously the ultimate goal. It's something that most companies are still really, really struggling with. So for large organizations that have big investments in legacy technologies,
1: how can they approach that without just throwing everything out and starting over? Yeah, and we see that a lot because they have invested in technology and what that's created those a lot of silos mm-hmm. right so they'll have a separate chat silo and they may have a point product for a chat solution and separate for voice and email etc so they're they're all starting to look at from the customer's conversations we're having they know they need to get to an omni channel space yeah right so they're looking at how can they still preserve some of the investments they have and maybe overlay some technology that can feed those those data points into it So one of the things that um, is getting a lot of attention right now, Genesis, is something called Conversation Manager, which takes um, inputs from different sources. So it could be whatever chat platform you're on. Mm -hmm. Bring that information in as well as a voice, and it kind of sucks all that into a a journey map and Mm. then provides the next best action for the agent. Mm. I'll give you an example. So Tangerine Bank would be an example Mm -hmm. that... uh, when you're on uh, your client of Tangerine, you log in. First of all, you can do all the chat through a secure chat. So it previs- presents a menu of all the options available on the chat, yeah. kind, of, kind of like an IVR that gives you uh, what do you want to do today. You select that, gets you to the right agent to do that chat. Yeah. But let's say you go online after and you're sub- submitting a form for a mortgage, and for whatever reason, you have to stop. your know, you, you, Kids are you calling, you have to go out. So you shut down the tablet or laptop and you're off. Well, the next time you come online or come to the contact center, the first thing that's going to pop up is, hey, Mr. Krempeleck, I noticed that you are completing an application. Do you want to finish that? Yeah. Right? So that's the type of personalization that consumers are now expecting. Right. And that's what conversation manager would do to present that next best set, next action.
0: Okay. And so that's from the customer's perspective. Mm-hmm. Now, what about from the agent's perspective? So one of the things that drives people crazy is, you know, you call, you go into a branch or you call your bank and then they put you through to somebody else and you've got to repeat the whole story and repeat the whole story. So how how do they deal with that?
1: Yeah, and that's exactly the experience that we're trying to to fix, right? Right. Because that's a frustration for clients that I've called. I've been transferred three times, to your point, and and you still don't know what I'm calling about. Right. Right, so all of that is available through technology. I mean, you can have... There should be an agent should be able to have a desktop view where they've seen all the history of the client, and there's a screen pop that's showing what they're calling about.
0: So is that... Just really expensive technology, or what? Like, I'm surprised at how few companies do that.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it is an evolution, right? So a lot of these companies um, have got to the point where they said they have put these kind of siloed uh, technologies yeah. in, and they're looking to get a point where they've got that consistency of information being presented to the agents. And right. so it is possible, right? Okay. And, and customers are they are getting there. Yes. but you know, it is. You know, it, for for a large organization like a bank or a telco, it's probably a two to three year project.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. So
1: these things, they know, they know they're trying to deliver an omni-channel experience, and many of them are at different stages of that. Mm-hmm. Some are just starting, and some are just coming out to the end of it. Yeah. But um, I think that's one of the bigger trends we see right now is um, understanding that. In the latest report I saw, there's there's eight or nine different interactions that a, a customer has now, ways they can contact their mm-hmm. bank or their their telco provider, right? So th- that, that presents a challenge to those. C- the, the customer deliver that great experience. When right. you've got nine different channels, uh, that's nine pieces of information that they need to get together. Yeah. Um, so it, you know, it's, it is it is a challenge. It's hard for these telcos and banks to do that, but it, there's definitely ways in there they're getting through it.
0: Well, I'd imagine it poses real challenges as far as training the call center or contact mm-hmm. center staff as well because being staffed up to deal with different modalities Mm -hmm. would require different skill sets. So how do organizations handle that? How do the best
1: manage that? Yeah, I think they're looking at ways to train their agents so that they, it really depends on some companies we see have a DNA of providing amazing customer support,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. right? So if that's in their culture and blood, then they will find ways to have a consistent message and being able to, you know, you route things with based on the agent's experience. You know, I'll give you an example. One of the the telcos we're working with, they want to have it so that when, an, when a customer calls in, they have the same experience and the same agent, ideally, throughout the life cycle of what they're doing. Yeah. If they're moving, you know, there's probably five or six different calls or interactions during the, the phase of the move. Yeah. So they want to have it where when they call, when that customer calls in, ideally it goes to the same agent every time, mm-hmm. so they know all the history. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't, it goes to a different agent. That agent it's going to go to has the same proficiency and skill set as the first person who took the call. Right. And they have all the history and knowledge there. Yeah. Right? So... By leveraging and training employees and and really you know adopting a good you know WFM technology that can present all that and have it uh, so WFM? that... WFM uh, sort of workforce management ah, okay. right so that the, when the call comes in the skills based routing gets it to an agent that yeah. has the same proficiencies as the first person that took the call right if that person's not available
0: so does that mean having to beef up The type of people they hire and what they pay them for these types of jobs. Yeah,
1: you know, and and, and I I talk to a lot of the managers who run the contact centers, and it's a challenge for them to hire. You know, I mean, they're constantly looking for good people, Mm -hmm. and uh, you know, I think they're they're finding unique ways on reference programs and leveraging, you know, students that are coming in, getting them in there, and and, you know, that means having the right salary and competitive offering. But it's Mm -hmm. been a challenge for them.
0: Yeah. Well, and also. I think managing those workforces so that they stay satisfied Yeah, it's challenging. That's
1: right. I mean, it's a tough job for those agents. And they typically, after 18 months or two years, want to go do something else or right. move on, right? So right. I think they're always looking for ways to continue with them on their career path. And mm-hmm.
0: What about video chat? Mm-hmm. That seems to be something that is starting to creep in, and I would imagine that that will become big.
1: It is, yeah. Yeah, we're seeing a lot of interest in that, um, especially for uh, European banks. Huh. So they're, they're much further ahead of the curve in adopting video.
0: Oh, that's interesting. Yep. Why do
1: you think that is? Uh, I think the way they look at banking is, is they're typically always uh, ahead of the curve from North American institutions. They've got some progressive banks, and I think it's because of how competitive it is there. Okay. Uh, but a lot of the European banks, Turkish banks... Uh, have been at the uh, the forefront of technology and adopting new methods to provide customer experience. So we always look to them to what's going on, and so they're they're ahead on on the video.
0: Okay,
1: uh, but we are starting to see quite a few Canadian organizations that um, it's, it's been a challenge for the banks because they've got a lot of the fintech companies. That are starting up. There's over 80 of them in Canada right now. <laughs> um, you know, I'm sure you're familiar with the fintechs that can, can start up uh, an online or digital bank mm-hmm. in a relatively short order and yep. offer mortgages or quick services. Yep. That, that's, a, that's a threat to the banks. Mm-hmm. And so, one of the things the banks are looking at is the asset they have is a branch. And right. so the whole branch is going through a massive evolution right now. Mm-hmm. And one of the ways to leverage you know, those branches is, first of all, make sure that the branch employees have the same information as the people <laughs> yes. in the contact center. right? So right. we're doing a lot of initiatives right now for, for banks that are enabling technology in the branches so that they see when a customer comes in, you can maybe be identified through an iBeacon or you know, location services, so they know who that client is, yep. and it instigates a screen pop, mm-hmm. so that they see, okay, Mister Kremplex walking in. Here's his last interactions through the contact center. He's maybe be interested in mortgage. When you greet him, maybe talk to him about a mortgage.
0: That would sure be nice. I mean, I have here. gone through such an ordeal over these last few months with a bank, one of the big ones, which shall remain nameless. Mm-hmm. Just trying to sort out stuff uh, to do. I have elderly parents, yeah. and my father died recently. And the number of visits that have been involved and the number of calls and things after months still haven't been resolved. Yeah. It's just crazy.
1: It is. And, you know, I guess the challenges for the banks, especially in the remote locations that the branch offices, is that they don't have... In the branch location, all the skill set for that. So maybe that's they true. don't have a mortgage specialist. Yeah. And, and to your point, that's where video comes in. Yeah. Right. So what they'll yeah. do is, uh, you're here to talk about mortgage. Great. If we can bring over to this room, we're going to do a video conference. Mm-hmm. And so the video conference with a mortgage specialist back at the contact center.
0: Which makes sense.
1: Yeah. And make yeah.
0: And with video, you because personal, you've got the yeah. personal, yeah. the eye contact. But the thing that keep, keeps occurring to me when I hear them talking about video in contact centers is. My understanding is that in a lot of contact centers, the reps are dealing with several cases at once. Well, when you're doing video, you can't do that. It's true. So that
1: really changes the workflow. So what we've seen for a couple of banks, actually in Western Canada, they have dedicated agents that just do video. Really? Yeah. And so they're just there in a video room, and they're waiting for the video calls to come through.
0: Hmm, interesting. It, you're right.
1: And so you're right, for in that case, it's going it to be difficult for them to be blended because when that call, video call comes through, they, they cannot be toggling back and forth and doing email and chat, whatever requests are coming through. So they're dedicated uh, video agents.
0: So then the question becomes would a video agent be able to bring in enough extra revenue to justify the right. cost yeah. of? Yeah, of being dedicated.
1: Yeah, and so what we're seeing those video agents—it's it's a very small subset right now. Yeah, you know because there's there's not enough video calls coming through to to warrant a big team. So right, it's almost like it's just as a pilot program or just starting right. off. But yeah, you know at the end if if that's providing a better service to the client and they're getting the mortgage that they wanted to do by going yeah. to the bank because they still want the personal experience, then you know that you'll see more and more of that.
0: Well, and that's interesting too because. I mean, you're saying that they're starting to realize their big asset is branches, mm-hmm. but if people don't particularly want to go into a branch...
1: Well, there's where the demographics comes into play, right? right? So now you've got to look at the age group you're trying to cater to. Right. So some of the, um, if you look at the demographics of who wants to go into a bank, the younger generation typically does not. Mm-hmm. Some services they do, but for the most part, they'll probably want to do a video conference over their mobile phone. Yep. So... That's a case where the you have to look at a different strategy for the younger generation, um, and obviously they're they're important to the, the banks uh, to have um, you know someone in their 20s that's getting their first house or mortgage that that's someone they want to have a, a lifetime relationship with. So they're trying to look at what ways do the that younger generation want to communicate, mm-hmm. and typically voice is number five on the list, <laughs> yes. right? So they don't want to call in. Yep, uh, they want to go on a mobile device. They probably want to do video. They want to text.
0: Although they may actually prefer audio.
1: Because if they're uncomfortable... Yeah. Yeah.
0: Or not audio, but uh, text, rather. Yes. Because if they're uncomfortable with the situation, they may not want to be seen either. Yeah. I'm just thinking of, you know, the way my kids, Mm -hmm. particularly my son, who's, you know, he'll hate me for saying this on the podcast, but he never listens, so we're good. (laughs) Um, But, you know, he is a real phone phobic like Kate will text no problem that hates actually speaking and I would think being seen and speaking would probably in a situation where he's not comfortable anyway banking because that's something they're not that familiar
1: with yet yeah uh wouldn't want to no just want to text they want text Yeah. yeah So, you I know, mean, all of that is... So you need
0: flexibility, you need flexibility. I guess. Yeah. And, yeah. You flexibility. Know,
1: that, yeah. And that's been a challenge to, to a lot of these customers that we serve with. Is It's hard to address all the different demographics across the different channels. Yeah. And then at the end of it, have an omni-channel experience, right? Mm-hmm. So that um, the, they have the context and they know kind of the right offer to put forward.
0: Right. Your background is a sales background and still primarily a sales role. What are... The selling, like, how do you convince an organization that this is really worth investing in?
1: So there's a couple of things to look at. I mean, one is what what are the metrics that that company is trying to do? Are they trying to improve NPS? Mm -hmm. And and typically, organizations will know a one or two point increase in net promoter score Uh will produce X amount of new revenue or uh, or prevent churn from happening. So trying to figure out where they're trying to go as an organization, are they trying to grow into a certain market? Um, and part of this is is done through proactive technologies now. So a lot of conversations we're having with clients is proactive outreach, mm-hmm. right? Which now consumers, I would say, um, it used to be they don't want to be proactively outreached on campaigns or ideas, but now I think they're they're open to it and sometimes expect it.
0: So, in what? Give me an example.
1: Uh, proactive outreach. Maybe if I'm um, I've been on the website and I've been looking at different phones. And I decide not to do anything, and then I call in, maybe talk to an agent about different packages. Well, maybe next week there's a promotion on that uh, Samsung phone, so that there's a proactive text or email or whatever channel that person prefers. Uh, pro- proactive outreach regarding that product or service that maybe there's something on special that they can take advantage of or ways. Okay. So you know, proactive is a, is a new way I think to uh, customers are now looking at. Okay. how to get engaged with their clients. You know, but overall, I think it looks at, uh, you know, going back to your question of how do we talk to clients and how do they get them you know, to, to do a project or get them to look at you know, Genesis technology? And it really comes back to where are they trying to aspire to? Uh, what are their goals as, as a company? Are they trying to you know, grow top-line revenue? Are they trying to increase customer satisfaction? And then we'll kind of peel back from there uh, of how to, how's the best way to do that. So
0: what do you see as being the biggest barriers to implementation normally?
1: Uh, Twofold. One of them is legacy technology they have, right? So they've made investments in certain technology, and they have uh, some aging technology that uh, is still working, Mm -hmm. but they know can do a better job. Right. Right? So that's a matter of um, finding ways that we can get a consensus across the group that it's time to move off to a different platform or how can we still leverage some of the components they have and and get them better better service. Mm -hmm. Uh, the other barriers are, I think, the the different size of customers, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, a small business may have a completely different set of needs than of obviously from the banks yeah. and larger organizations. So you know, one of the things that we've done at Genesis is have kind of three different offerings mm-hmm. based on customer size.
0: So what would be the lowest customer size you'd have something for?
1: Yeah. So someone who has three agents, right? So we've got a cloud-based solution that is for a very small business that maybe only have three agents. Okay. And, and that's, it's only available through the cloud mm-hmm. and uh, it's made to be get turned up quickly, typically in 30 days. The service is up and running. It may be just provide, you know, self-service. It could just be provide um, voice IVR mm-hmm. or, or it may go deeper in providing other channels. So that's something we've de- developed right for that small market. You know, the mid-size, they're kind of looking at you know, premise-based software or cloud. And then the enterprise space, uh, historically, has been still premise-based technology they're looking at, although a lot of them, again, are looking to find ways of, as they put more and more of their services out to the cloud, mm-hmm. then is is something like the contact center software okay. and solution something we could put off?
0: So I don't know if, I mean, you're responsible for Canada, so I don't know if you're in the position to answer this or not, but I'm curious about... I know that in a lot of elements of e-commerce and digital technology, Canada's tiptoed compared to the U.S. Mm-hmm. Do you see that? I mean, I, our banks, I think, have been ahead mm-hmm. of the game, but in other areas, we've been quite reluctant. What do you see?
1: Yep, and I, I do see that trend, right? Typically, Canadians are a little more risk-averse. Yes. And, and they tend to overanalyze <laughs> a technology's yeah. decision uh, and solution, and so I do see that, you know, I gave you some examples of the Europeans, uh, some pockets in the U.S. that tend to move quicker and faster. There, As you said, there's, there's definitely verticals here in Canada that do move quickly. Yeah. And, and banking is a great example. I would consider them the forefront. And, well,
0: it's funny because my previous business, Web Mystery Shoppers, which really did mm-hmm. omni-channel customer testing or customer experience testing back in... I started it in 2001, so nobody was even talking about Omnichannel then. But I named it Web Mystery Shoppers, assuming my clients would be retailers. Yeah. Banks, government, yeah, yep. <laughs> some travel organizations. Yeah. Very few retailers, because yeah. their mint margins are too thin, fundamentally. But banks yes. understood the financial impact yeah. before anybody else.
1: And we're starting to see government yes. move along. All right, so we're involved in the initiative with um, Shared Services, so the federal government, who's yeah. taking over 400 contact centers and moving into one shared services. Wow. So the idea there is going to provide more consistent service yeah. to citizens of Canada uh, as well as a, a reduce a lot of cost by not having 400 different platforms and services, having it on one shared services. So yeah. um, that's a pretty um, that, that, that's a progressive thought by, by the government to do that. Oh. And um, that's an example. The government, I think, is kind of at a point where they're moving at, at pace
0: for governments the potential to save money oh, is huge it's massive yeah yeah,
1: yeah. It, there's there's so much inefficiency there in huge a huge way. and it's just a frustration for citizens when they're calling in right just, it, it's a complete different experience depending if you're calling into the CRA or yeah. ESDC so
0: yeah frustration and also quite frankly a frustration I think for a lot of the civil servants yeah uh, we're probably nearing the end of our time. Do you have any things that you wish I had asked you about or think I should have asked you about that I haven't?
1: No, I would say, uh, you know, in closing, it's an interesting time right now. Uh, I think the, the bigger trend, as I talked about, is, is Channel, which I think will be around for the next, you know, two to three years as companies still get to the point where they know they need to do it or are in the phase of deploying it. The next thing after that... You Know, I, I we see a lot of personalization and, and proactive outreach, which I've talked about. Uh, personalization in terms of uh, giving a certain level of service that is a white glove treatment to those customers, knowing all the history and background, that I think will be the next thing. And then we're going to get into the whole internet of things and connected devices, right? Which I think will be we're probably talking five years out here, but uh, the you look at Amazon Echo, you know that device you can you can speak into, right? So I think the 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 mode of how you interact with the contact center today is usually through your smartphone. Yeah, you know that vehicle may change. It may be just a device that you're speaking into. So I think voice and biometrics will yeah. have um, a lot of growth over the next few years. So that when people Want to call in maybe through their car or through an Echo device, it's reaching out to the contact center. And it's now the medium versus a hmm. smartphone. So I think, you know, voice will, will always be...
0: Although that's going to make the omni-channel thing even harder, be harder because you've got to connect, to connect all these different right. devices.
1: Yep. Yeah, and, and that's what we've seen in the research is even though there's eight or nine different ways through this digital explosion, uh voice transactions are still they're still they're not growing to the speed of, of digital, right? I think it's said that this year the number of digital interactions will outweigh voice.
0: Well voice still isn't still all that accurate. Th- yeah. You know? I mean we've still got a long ways to still go. A long I think way to, yeah. I mean as somebody who would love to dictate my books.
1: You know, yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and it just gets too frustrating. Yeah. It's, it's come a long way. It's got
1: a long way to go. I yeah. mean I called in yesterday to a travel agency and I, I got the through to the IVR and it said you know, please tell me what we're trying to I can recognize full phrases and sentences, uh-huh. you know. Okay. Okay. You know, how accurate it was is still, you know, we still have a little bit of work to do there. You know, yeah. I didn't quite get the, you know, to the agent that I was <laughs> calling in about, but, uh, you know, that, that's something I think we'll see more of, um, um, self-service has been a topic that, you know, some clients don't like the idea of leveraging self-service, um, but I think a lot of consumers would prefer it you know, yeah. if it's accurate, right? If, if For sure. If, if you can get through and uh, in, in a voice tree and get to, right to the right agent, the right level of service by doing a few things up front, I think as long as it's done properly, that, that'll be a, another area of growth of self-service.
0: Why would companies be reluctant to do that?
1: I think it's got a little bad stigma out there about, oh, you know. Oh, a like, long voice tree. Yeah, yeah, a long voice yeah. trees, Yeah. Right? And, 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 but I think when done right, it's actually a value to the, their clients, Mm-hmm. Right, so to do i v r and have the right voice trees and the right messages and get people to the right agents then that that's actually an art and a science combined. but if you do it properly I think it's' a great value to the clients
0: I think there's a big difference though between voice trees versus a screen where you can yep. see and pick yep, I mean the problem with a voice tree is you've got that's to listen right. for so bloody long to get to what you want yeah, and I, I don't see how you'd overcome that unless you get to the point where there's Really good voice recognition and understanding of what is being said. Yeah,
1: and that's why I'm excited about some of the stuff we're seeing through the chat interactions, yeah. right? Where you yeah. can actually not just you want to chat with an agent and you, you just chat. Mm-hmm. Now it's do you want to chat with the agent? Here are the options. Yeah. What do you want to chat about today? Right. Right? Yeah. And so, okay, these are the four things. I hit number four. I know I'm getting to someone who is an expert on number four. Right. right? Which so, makes sense. Yeah. And that's something that's
0: very simple. I yeah. Mean, I, I don't mind doing that. Right. And I think even a lot of consumers don't mind what you see more and more of now where... They'll try and supply you with answers before you talk to somebody. Yeah. As long as they don't hide, how can I talk to somebody if these aren't the
1: right answers? Yes. Yeah.
0: And that's the other thing that's really irritating is when you can't get where you want to go because
1: they don't really want you to talk to Yeah. Them. It is. I mean, it's a very interesting space right now. Be yeah. An interesting time because of uh, all the different ways you can connect. With yeah. uh, the rise of digital channels and interactions and, and what that means to how customers can, can compensate for that and can, can actually take advantage of it. It, it is an interesting time for, for consumers. It's, I mean, they're expecting an on-demand experience wherever they are mm-hmm. and they want the right service offered to them at the right time, right? Which is it's a pretty tall task to ask for, but yeah. that's where we are today.
0: Are there any companies that are using, I mean, we've talked about beacons, so you go into a retail store, it recognizes who you are. Are there any companies that are then connecting that with what these same people are doing offline?
1: Yeah. We're starting to see some of that correlation work going on right now. Yeah. Okay. So when they come into the store and I beacon, and then it's going to connect with maybe what type of web surfing they were doing or other interactions they've done. Absolutely. And yeah, that's in their early stages. I would think so. Yeah. Well, and there are privacy implications that make people uneasy. And that's the thing, you know, it's a little bit on the creepy side, but as I mentioned before, some customers are actually, they're expecting that.
0: They're expecting, get A lot of us are kind of almost have split personalities on this, because on the one hand, you want the fully tailored Hmm. customized experience. You want them to know who you are and what you want, but you also don't want them...
1: Tracking you, and well, invading your the balance, Right, it's a, it's a balance of privacy. Yeah, and you know, if I'm online at a retailer looking for an electronic device, and I've been there three times in the last week, I don't mind if someone does a proactive outreach to me. Or yeah. when I walk in the store, someone greets me and says, "Hey, would you? Are actually, are you looking at that camera today? Is that where you're coming in here?" Like I might think, "Well, how would you know that?" But I would expect they do know that. Yeah, you know, with the technology available today to see see what's been going on online, I would expect that. And so I think a lot of um, certain genera- younger generation absolutely would not be creeped out by that. But some people may be, right? And that's the balance we're going through right now, I think, with consumers. And why the human skills are so important. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Hope you enjoyed that interview. I think it's going to be interesting watching how these technologies evolve but clearly, especially companies beyond really small ones are going to need more and more technology to help them handle the burgeoning demands for customer service. A few words before I wrap up. A reminder if you're going to be at either the CXPA's Insight Exchange in Atlanta or at ETEL Canada in May, let me know so that we can get together. I, I always love meeting the people who listen to the show. You can reach me by email to let me know that you're coming or that you might be there. Just send an email to Tema, T-E-M as in marketing A, at frankreactions.com, or on Twitter, just at Tema Frank, or on LinkedIn or on the Frank Reactions Facebook page. It would be absolutely wonderful to see you there. For the next few weeks, I'll be having the podcast tables turned on me as I do a bunch of interviews as the guest this time in preparation for the launch of my book People Shock The Path to Profits When Customers Rule. And if you haven't already signed up to be on the People Shock Insiders list, head on over right now to bit.ly bit.ly forward slash PeopleShock First, first written out F-I-R-S-T to get on the insiders list. And once you're there, you will get the first chapter of the book. You'll get updates, bonuses, special materials I'll be making available and a chance to get your hands on the book before it goes fully public, and an invitation to the launch party. So it'd be pretty cool if you went over there now. So bit.ly, bit.ly forward slash shock first. And again, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, if you want to make sure that you never miss an episode and you are not subscribed on iTunes or some other podcast listener, just go to bit.ly, B-I-T dot forward slash Frank Ideas. And you can sign up for the newsletter where you'll get updated every time there's a new post. That's all for today. I will chat with you again next week. Bye.